Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Betting Pros podcast. I'm your host, Dan Harris. Find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. It's time to take an early look at the Week 15 NFL Lions. Here to do that with me is my good pal, Joe Pizzapia. Find him on Twitter at Joe Pizzapia17. Is that right? Do I make that up every single time? I don't know. No? It's That's correct. Right. Yeah, Hi, Joe. Right. Hi, What's up? Hi, Dan. How are What's you? Up? I'm great. You. I'm so great. How are you? I can't believe that I can't get the real just like just Joe Pizzapia because that guitar player from the band Guster, who's like apparently a big deal in the music industry. And I've I've heard his stuff and he totally looks like my grandfather on my father's side. So I'm definitely thinking we're related. And I've reached out to him saying, hey, you know, it looks like we're cousins. Maybe you can give me the Joe Pizzapia handle. Maybe you change it to, you know, Joey Guitars or something like that. No, no. He was famous first. So there you go. I never asked you about that. I was surprised that you were not able to lock down the original oh, Joe. You would Pizzapia. think. How I mean, Joe Pizzapia's are floating around there. Uh, too many. Too I guess. many. Too many is right. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, I was not able to lock down Dan Harris either, which was very upsetting to me. Um, but regardless, let's get into it, Joe. How was that, by the way, your week 14 from just a, a gambling standpoint? Were you on the right side of a lot of games? Yeah, not really. Actually, actually, yeah, I was again this week as well. And I'll tell you what, on top of that, too, as I told you, I think it's time to start, you know, I, I talked about Micah Parsons a lot on yes. the IDP show, but talking about him all year with Scott Bachman. And I'm starting to feel like I think there's a chance here for him and the numbers have dropped for him for just defensive player of the year. Forget defensive rookie of the year. That ship has right. sailed a long time yeah, ago. Yeah. But after this week's game against Washington, that's another guy, I think. And I told you, I've, I've hedged on MVP now on Tom Brady after that Lamar injury. You know, Pretty I, I felt up. even better about that because I did it before this week. I think it was just time, but the Lamar thing I'm so mad about because there was that path there, Dan, and that path looks like it's twisted along with his ankle, so now we're in bad shape there. But that's okay. We'll make it back with Tom Brady because they're not giving it to Aaron Rodgers after the COVID thing. They're not voting for Aaron Rodgers for MVP. I don't care how many touchdowns he throws, so it's well, going to be Tom Brady. I, I'm giving you a pass for uh, getting me on the Lamar MVP bet for the because of Bryce Harper, so you've more than, you've made up for like your next like 11 or 12 uh, missteps here, but <laughs> either way, that for the rest of my life, you should, yeah, you should, that was a good one, and uh, I took my wife out to a very fancy dinner. Oh, okay. did you really? Yeah, of course. I mean, nice. if she's gonna, she's gonna basically be like, yeah, you can gamble with your gambling fund over there, but I want to reap the rewards when that's things fair. go well, and uh, you know, that's what we're gonna do. Anyway, all right, let's get into it. We're gonna take an early look at the Week 15 NFL lines. Joe and I have done this together a couple of times, um, and we both approach it the same way, which is this is our first look at the actual spreads and totals right now at all. So that's how we like to do it. The instant reaction without any prep, because I feel like that's how you get the most genuine. And I remember, Joe, I think you were on this last week, perhaps. So I'm on this adapt- every week. You're on much. it a lot, Joe. I won't say that you're our pinch hitter when we have a normal guest who cancels or anything like that. I will just say that you're wonderful and I love having you on. But I do think that you looked at Dallas over Washington, unless I'm completely making that up and you like Dallas, um, for your instant reaction about where it was. That turned out to be correct. Well done. But let me remind everybody that we're giving away. I don't even think I talk about this. I think I've been terrible with the giveaway. We're giving away a uh, signed DeAndre Swift jersey from our friends at Pristine Auction. Oh, wonderful. Just leave a review for the show on uh, Apple Podcasts or CastBox and then go to uh, bettingpros.com slash contest. That's it. That's how you get entered. Leave a review. Real easy. Supports the show. That's what we love. All right, Joe, let's get into it. Let's start with the Thursday night game, and we have some question marks here. We've got the Chiefs visiting the Chargers. Chiefs are laying four here on the road. The total is 51 and a half. Biggest question mark, Joe, is Austin Eckler, really two, Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen. 
Both are expected to play right now. Staley basically was optimistic on Allen being able to be cleared from the COVID protocol. And Eckler, again, probably still untaping himself from that crazy job that they did uh, when he didn't even go in with his ankle. Both expected to play here. What do you think you're getting four points? Well, first of all, um, if you remember last time these two teams met in Kansas City, uh, the Chargers certainly got the better of them. That was for sure. Um, this is a very different team, I think, the Kansas City is now than they were back in whatever week that was. I can't remember. It was week four or something. It was early on. And I think that, you know, when you're looking at the Chargers and who they become and Staley, what he's been able to do, you know, getting Keaton out and Austin Eckler is paramount to this game. You know, staying at this four four seems about right to me with yeah. the Chiefs, I think, being on the road in this game and playing as good as they have and that defense playing as good as they have. So. Right now, for me, that four is a very tricky number. I don't care for the four. If anything, I like that 51 and a half. The over on that, to me, is where you want to go because the Chiefs offensively start to look like they are putting it together. Now, granted, their two best outputs have been against the Las Vegas Raiders, so I don't want to forget that. But the thing that the Chiefs are starting to do a little bit more, too, is run the football. With Clyde Edwards-Alaire, they got Darrell Williams, and even just getting the running backs involved more in the offense and not relying so heavily and being so predictable with Kelsey and Hill only. And really nobody else kind of stepped up. So moving and getting the running backs involved more has been, uh, I think a pleasant surprise for everybody. And I think that balance of the offense is huge. So the 51 and a half on the overside, even though it's a big number to me, I'm much more comfortable with that than the four, because I see this game going lots of different ways. And whenever you see a potential for the chargers to win outright, or this could be a very close game or even an overtime kind of situation, especially on a Thursday night on a short week, you know, crazy things happen in those games. So the safest bet for me from an investment standpoint would be the 51 and a half. I'm in agreement with you. And I, you know, again, I, everybody knows that DraftKings is my home book. They're at 51. So even a little more enticing there for me. Uh, I agree with you. I don't have a great sense of the side here. And I think we saw from, I know it was against the Giants, but just how good Justin Herbert looked in that game without Keenan Allen, that at any given day, the Chargers are capable of beating any team in the NFL. So, like, I would expect the Chiefs to be able to figure this out because their defense is playing so much better and they seem to have sort of solved a lot of their offensive issues. Not all of them, but a lot of them. So I would expect them to be able to win this game. But the four points are a little tough here. Um, so uh, on the Thursday game, Joe, like you, I generally try to stay away from the side unless I have a really strong lean. But I do not uh, in this one. But I agree with you. I like the over as well here in this game. Let's go to the Raiders visiting the Browns. This is Saturday, one of two Saturday games, Joe. We were talking about that, how especially the Saturday night game, it's going to be nice to just be able to watch that in silence without the kids running around crazy and distracting. But the Raiders are visiting the Browns here. The Browns are laying six points, and the total's pretty small here at 42. Obviously, the Browns coming off that nail-biting win over the Ravens. You know, Baker looked relatively good. They'll be down Kareem Hunt. I'm sure he's not going to be ready. Everything that they say there Uh, for the Raiders again, hopefully they get back Darren Waller. They just got obliterated by the Chiefs. They obviously need this win to stay in remote playoff hunt. The Browns right now, that division is entirely up for grabs right there, especially with Lamar Jackson's injury. So what do you think here about them laying six points? I think I jump on the five and a half of FanDuel right now. Because I think this six could even grow to six and a half or seven as the week goes on. And By the way, it is six and a half. Just so you know, it is six and a half at points bet already. So ah, it's and it is go. five and a half at. You're right, five and a half at Fanduel. And again, I'm on BettingPros.com, so I can look at basically mm-hmm. all the consensus. Joe, that's the only five and a half that's out there. I know. That's why I'm I want to jump on it right now because I okay. just saw the same thing, and I'm. Yeah. It, it might have jumped to thirteen just while you were talking. It's possible. Yeah. I, all I know is that this is going to. This this line is going to get me closer to that six and a half everywhere. I think by the time we hit Friday. 
Um, I think the Raiders are done. I do. Uh, I think the injuries of really Darren Waller, especially that injury, and I don't even care if he's back on the field at this point. I think the tumultuousness of this season between the Ruggs incident, between the Gruden incident, I think mentally, physically, this team is worn down. They've lost Kenyon Drake. They've lost Darren Waller these last few weeks. And look, Hunter Renfro's done a really nice job of kind of trying to fill in there. But even from a defensive standpoint, they have some individual talent. You know, Abram's a nice player. Perriman's had a really good year. But at the same time, from a scheme and planning wise, it's starting to show now. I think that they don't have enough leadership at the top because if you look at these last few weeks, the game plans haven't been good. I think those first couple weeks where all the emotional stuff was going on, I think they were all just playing on raw emotion. And now that you're getting to the point where that's gone, what's left is game plan. And the game plan has not been good enough for these opponents. And I think going on the road to Cleveland, I think Cleveland's going to smash them. So get the five and a half now at FanDuel because that's the it's not going to get any lower after that. It's only going to raise from there. And as you said already, points bet's got it at six and a half, which to me, that's more appropriate. If I was setting this number, it would be at six and a half, not five and a half or even six. So yeah. to me, this is the one to jump on early for sure, especially in the short week, too. Yeah. Also, uh Six and a half at Bet America. So there there are a couple spots here where it's there. Interesting that it's at five and a half. You know, Joe, I'm not sure how I feel about it, to be honest. I, I think the biggest thing is I don't have a great lean on how good this Browns team is. There are times when Baker's healthy and he looked better in this game. And, and that is what I was hearing on the practice reports after the bye, that he looked much sharper in practice. Um, and again, they should be able to run all over them uh, with Chubb and everything like that. But six points for the Browns? It's I, the defense. that that's I'm getting that from the defensive side for yeah, the Cleveland Browns against the offense of the Raiders. I because I think if you look at what happened last week, I mean, the Kansas City defense is playing very well, but they don't have nearly the personnel the Cleveland Browns have. You know, they don't yeah. have a Miles Garrett. They don't have a, a Owusu Kuromoa. They don't have those kind of guys over there. So I think there's going to be at least a score on defense. And there you go. There's your six right there before you even get into the divide between the two offenses. Yeah. So I, I kind of lean towards the, I mean, 42 is low. I, that that's, I, I get it. Like it the defense and everything like that. And I know the Raiders have struggled on offense, but you know, the Raiders are able to pop off every once in a while. Like you saw it against the Cowboys, obviously on the Thanksgiving, they're able to put together a decent sort of run here offensively. Occasionally in games, it depends on whether or not Waller's there. I do think that really helps them. I lean though towards the over just because Again, I think the Browns will be able to put up points. I know they'll run a ton. They'll bleed the clock and everything like that. But still, I lean towards the over here on a small total. Your Patriots, Joe. I am a little surprised by this spread. I really am. Um, The Colts are at home. Of course, they are laying two and a half. And the total is 45 and a half. Now, I think this has moved, Joe. I I I could be wrong. I thought I saw the look ahead line being more like one or something. Both teams are coming off a buy, so nothing has happened to change what this is. But it does seem like there might be money coming in here on the Colts. So Colts laying two and a half against the completely unstoppable Patriots at the moment with the total of 45 and a half. They're your team, Joe. Break it down for me. Well, look, they're my team, but business, it's always business. It's never it's always personal, business. Dan. Correct. Come on. Yep. Italian from New York. You know this. Uh, for me right now, I mean... This is kind of what I expected this line to be. Whenever you have these teams that are close, you always just throw out the, you know, yeah. the three on the home team. That's what you get. So you're getting just a hair less than that. So there's a little respect there, but not enough. And I think this is a mistake from the standpoint of you're just motivating the Patriots. And Bill Belichick is an underdog historically is, is a good thing, especially when they have a play team that's playing well, because he yeah. likes to play that narrative with the team. See, look, they don't, they don't, they don't think you're any good. Look at you. Uh, but to me, the most appealing thing in this game uh, completely is if you go over to FanDuel, you're getting plus money here on the Patriots at plus 112. 
So even yeah. though the line's very tight, if you can get plus money just for them to win outright, why would you even, you know, muck around yeah. with a minus 112 for them at the two and a half or, you know, even the Colt side of the point? Like, why would you even do that? It's plus just 115, plus to be clear, at consensus and then yeah. DraftKings as well. So, yeah, I mean, bad. if you're getting that number, to me, the clear bet is just to bet the Patriots outright on the money line because that's your, your best ratio of cash. And what makes you think that they can't go in there and win this game and with more preparation, Belichick coming off a bye. And I know it's not a short week of preparation because of the bye for both of these teams. So it's a right. little different. It's kind of a unique scenario, right? Because we haven't had this all year. So there's no data to support anything except that the Patriots defense is unbelievably good. Carson Wentz is a is a good, I would say, league average-ish quarterback. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor's been out of this world. Yep. So once you figure out a way to slow down Jonathan Taylor, and I think they have the guys who can do that, in this defense, or at least contain him to a certain extent, then you have to, you know, Carson Wentz has to find the Pittmans of the world and all those other guys to make plays. And that's been a struggle lately. It's been a very Taylor-centric attack. So sure. I think when you all of a sudden you, you you pull that back a little bit and you limit that or at least contain it a little bit, that you don't let him beat you every single series, you know, he's going to win one or two because he's Jonathan Taylor. He's a great player. But if you can at least kind of keep him in check, all yep. of a sudden, the rest of the pieces, I think you're asking a lot of Carson Wentz here. So I actually like the Patriots on the money line. How about you? Yeah, I, I'm not betting the Colts, I can tell you that. Um, not, not a, I'm, I'm just not. There's no way. I If I had the gun to my head, I would think the Patriots are going to find a way to win this game. And I think what they'll do is they're a little more susceptible on the ground than through the air. And I think they'll just devote extra resources to containing Jonathan Taylor. You can have Jackson sort of on Pittman and see what you can do and force Carson Wentz to find other options. That's a good game plan right there. Uh, but I, you know, I'm, I think I'm surprised. I felt like this would have been, you know, I felt like the one that I saw look at that felt right to me, a home team favored by one fine or half a point or even a pick them. So yeah, I think the money line is probably the best bet. I don't know if I'll do it though. Do I really need to go into it? Cause the Colts are a good team. Um, but it's just really difficult to see the Pats off a of buy given the weapons and the way the Colts approach a game offensively where they really have one major weapon and you know Belichick is as good as any coach in the league at taking away your biggest weapon and I'm not sure whether or not the rest of the Colts offensive personnel work around being able to get around that so Eileen Pats I don't know if I feel as strongly about it as you do but I definitely am not taking the Colts I can tell you that the Cardinals are visiting the Lions here Joe the Cardinals are laying 13 and a half points uh the total is 47 and a half the Cardinals obviously coming off that Tough loss uh, last night. I I really would like to see who is healthy in this game because you saw DeAndre Hopkins leave late, maybe with a concussion because he banged his head. You saw James Conner leave late after getting hit. Even Kyler Murray was sort of limping around there at the end. I mean, this is a game that didn't just, you know, cost them the, the bye and the chance to win the division or, or the, the chance to lock up the division entirely may have cost them a couple of their big pieces here. But then you have the Lions. Um, So it's at home. The Lions fight. It's 14 at DraftKings already, but it's 13 and a half everywhere else, including at your book at Fandle. And again, the total is 47 and a half. Any leans here, Joe? Yeah, I was still leaning the Cardinals here. I mean, they're just a much better team. Now, granted, if some of, if you're missing a Hopkins, if you're missing a Connor or both, that changes things significantly. And and I got to tell you, you know, last night, that game was one on the line. Um, Darren Donald and company, they just, uh, the, the offensive, oh. from literally the first play of that game, right? Right. <laughs> if you call the very first play of that game, right? It was it was offsides. It was holding. It was all this stuff on the first two plays. They were backed up like third and 20 by the time they even started. Right. And all the way to the last play of this game, it was the offensive line did not 
protect Kyler Murray enough there. And that's saying a lot because Kyler Murray's a very mobile quarterback. Yeah. So if Kyler Murray's getting hit and sacked like that, you are really doing a poor job. But granted, it's Aaron Donald. It's a good front there. Lions are not the same team, obviously. Uh, they've had a lot of personnel issues, too. They have a lot of injuries on offense. I don't know if they're going to have what kind of complement of weapons they're going to have available to them. So even though it's a huge number, I, I think the 13 and a half there, I would not push the 14 like on DK's gotten to 14 already. But I think the 13 and a half is still a place where it's comfortable enough. I think you can probably get there. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're just a different class of team. And I don't think they're going to have a, a, a let down bad spot here because they lost that game. Had they had they won. I think maybe we're looking at this game a little differently, but because they lost, I think this they understand like, look, we got to go handle our business now. We can't let the Rams catch up too much. Oh, sure. Plus, by the way, I mean, they're they're all 10 and three. They need the buy. So right. and they, they don't have it right now. And They so need think... the buy more than the Rams. Let's be right. honest with the way that. Well, not not the Rams. Team. I mean, that they've got it. I mean, they're I think they're going to win the division just given their remaining schedule. Um, But regardless, like they're 10 and three, the Packers are 10 and three. They need the buy. Uh, to get the Bucks are 10 and three. And I think they fell to the third seed there with that loss. So only one bye this year. So they really got to go after it. They'll obviously win the game, even if Colt McCoy had to start. And even if they're down Hopkins and even if they're down Connor, they'll win the game. Um, the Lions may get Hawkinson back. They may get Swift back. So maybe they can even close. When is the spread like this, Joe? I mean, there's value on the Lions, but I don't want to say like there's value, I'm, but there's not confidence. I'm not going to take it. I'm, I'm just staying entirely away from it. Like it, I'll, I'll just be this will not be a game that I will bet uh, this week. I probably also will not bet the Cowboys visiting the Giants and the Cowboys laying ten and a half points with a total at 45. Now, I assume it's going to be Mike Glennon again. I, I don't think Daniel Jones is going to be able to return here, but, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. The Cowboys sounds like they may get Tony Pollard back here. And, you know, Mike McCarthy's a little, you know, more optimistic on his status, which is good because he leaves every game like a hobbled old man, unfortunately. So I don't know, Joe, what do you think here? Ten and a half points. Well, in division games are always tricky, right? And I'll tell you what, the Cowboys offense did not look good. Dak did not look good in that game. No, nope. and you should have. So this is a little frustrating here right now. And they've got some injuries here with Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, clearly not the Ezekiel Elliott of old. Yep. Or he's just old Ezekiel Elliott now, one of the two. But I think to me, the most appealing thing on this game, if you don't want to even dance around with the line at all, is the 44 and a half, because that's kind of a low number, I felt like, for this game. Yeah. Like, for me, I would think this game was somewhere around 48, 47 and a half. 44 and a half is extraordinarily low. And I know that, you know, the Giants have, you know, effort level has been good, but these games can get wacky. Uh, we've seen that in the past, especially this time of year, those December um, yeah. Giants games against Dallas Cowboys. I, I, I think for me personally, I think the 44 and a half is the number for me that is most appealing in this game. And if I had to lean, I would actually lean towards the Giants and the 10 and a half because that is a big number. And with the way the Cowboys have struggled on offense right now, who's to say that they don't go in there on the road again two weeks in a row and struggle again. So if this was at home, it would be very different, obviously. I'd, I'd be more confident. But on the road, I think 10.5 is a big number there for the Cowboys to cover right now. It is. It's a big number. If you're getting that hook, I lean towards the Giants, even with Glennon, who, again, accounted for three touchdowns, you know, in that game, obviously. So uh, against the Chargers. They, I, I agree that it feels like the over is the right play, but both teams have pretty solid defense. Like, the Giants are underrated defensively. I know Justin Herbert just completely torched them, but... Herbert played like the game. I mean, Herbert was so good in that game, like really tough for me to get too down on it. But I also lean towards the over like this does feel like a game that both teams are going to be able to put up, you know, points. Generally speaking, it's not a game where I think they're going to sort of grind the clock throughout. Like it feels like fast moving drives and everything like that. So I agree with you. 
I lean the over, but all right. We're, we're talking about some of these games. Like, let's get to the game that everybody really wants to watch. Texans visiting the Jaguars. The Jags <laughs> are vis- are laying three. The total is 40 and a half. I, I, first of all, I don't understand how the Jaguars are laying points to uh, any team right it, now. To me, the line is wrong. I don't and, understand. I mean, just straight, you know, like every week we used to do a segment. I remember on the TV show every week when the lines would come out. Uh, is the line wrong? And this is the one that I would circle right off the bat. As soon as I just saw this right now, I, to me... I mean, I would jump all over the Texans in the points right now. 100% give me the Texans in the points. But they got to know, Joe, the, the the thing is that you you have to think that the casual better and the books know that the casual better is going to do that, right? Like everybody, every casual better. I don't think better. the casual better is wrong in this instance. <laughs> this right. situation with Urban Meyer is deteriorating quickly. It is falling apart right before our eyes. And it is something that, you know, look, we all were skeptical going in. But we thought, well, he's got a track record. Let's see what happens. But some of these stories that are coming out and then you see people leaking in locker rooms. And when people are leaking in locker rooms, you know that's a bad locker room. It's a bad situation. Offensively, they're a disaster. Defensively, you know, they've had a, a moment here and there. But I'll tell you right now, when when they lose to the Texans, not if, I think they're going to lose to the Texans well, okay. this week. When they do, you might not see Urban Meyer past Monday. Like, I think there's that, this, that small chance that they might just say, you know, we're not even going to wait. We're just going to, you know, move on because that would be a low point. And I think you might get that point. And I understand what you're saying about Vegas and setting the odds and all the casual money. But you know Feels what? Feels like a trap. Feels Sometime, like a trap. Sometimes it might feel like a trap and I get why. But I think the dysfunction of the Jaguars is far worse than the dysfunction of the Texans. And that's saying a lot. Yeah, I feel like there are uh, teams occasionally in the NFL where when you look at them and you say there's clearly value on this team um it doesn't matter because there's so much dysfunction now the one thing is like we have seen the jaguars we we've been dealing maybe not to this extent joe but we have been dealing with the urban meyer like horror show the entire year i mean there are stories that come out and then they'll randomly win again they beat the bills like they're randomly will win a game and you'll be like wow okay well i I guess it's the nfl so i guess the bills have problems i know i know but still that game you know, that wasn't even the game that showed it. You know what the game that showed it was the first game of the season against the Steelers. It showed you that the Bills had some holes and the Bills really, you know, had a lot of talent. And a lot of things go well, a little bit of resting on their laurels. And there were some downsides of the Bills. And it's funny because it's reared its head in the game against Jacksonville, some other games this year, too. I don't know how even in that game, if you're playing the Patriots and you know they're, only, they're not going to throw the ball at all, how you still let them run amok on you. I don't know. I don't know how you do that. I just I don't understand it. I can't wrap my mind around it, but Dan, you're a hundred percent right in being skeptical of this line of this game. But I think this is one of those instances where you don't overthink it and you just look at it and say, Jacksonville is imploding and the Texans are bad, but you know what? They play together (laughs) for as bad as they are. They do. I I love that. We're running to back uh, Davis mills in a game. Like we're like, Ooh boy, let's go get him. Um, but I, but I'm going to, how's that? You and I, you and I had the same exact reaction. We, we said this when we start, we look at this, the lines for the first time on the show. And we had the same reaction, which is like, how in the world are the Jaguar? I don't care that they're home. How are they favored? How are they favored over, over any team at this point? Take the three, even if they Uh, lose, it's fine. But the three, take the three with the Another team. They might be another team. They might be favored over is the jets who are visiting Miami and they are eight and a half point dogs with the total at 42 and a half. You've got Miami coming off a bye. 
every single running back uh, has COVID and we don't know who is going to be able to suit up. They may get Malcolm Brown back at, at least and they have Duke Johnson, but who knows about that? The Jets, meanwhile, are their usual disaster, but they don't have Elijah Moore. Maybe they get Tevin Coleman back here, but obviously Michael they Carter are possibly too. Apparently. Michael Carter as well. Yes, that's true. Michael Carter. They, there was optimism that he may come back here in week 15. So you're right. Should have mentioned that. And that, that is a big boon to them, but not sure it's enough, Joe. Uh, you know, I the, the game was, you know, not not a dominant win by the Dolphins in their first game a few weeks ago, but the Dolphins won, obviously, in the end. Uh, what do you think here? Eight and a half. I think the Dolphins defense has played really well. I think an extra week to prepare to. I actually feel pretty comfortable here with the with the Dolphins in the eight and a half, which is not a team I typically feel comfortable with. But at home with the Jets, what's going on there, too? It just, you know, the end of the year, too, you start to see these games start to get out of hand a little bit yeah. because the defenses start to get you know banged up. You know, the effort level is not the same. Everyone starts looking for the plane ticket. You know, we're in week 15 here. You know, like, you know, you're out of it. So I think the Dolphins are not. The Dolphins clearly know that they are in this mix. So I think this is an important game for them. It's kind of a statement game for them, even though it's against the Jets. And the 43 is the number two I don't feel super comfortable with. I actually feel more comfortable with the eight and a half here because it's just the, can the Jets be competitive? Elijah Moore gone. Corey Davis gone. Like, I, I don't know who's going to catch the football. And right. if you can't move the chains, I don't care how many running backs you have. And I don't care how few the Dolphins have. They got Devontae Parker back. They got Waddle. They got Kaseki. They've got enough there where yeah. they can figure it out. And I think with that defense as well, See, whenever you have that good defense and a good matchup there against a bad offense, to me, that's always where you can justify the bigger line. So the eight and a half is where I actually feel a little bit more comfortable here uh, with the Miami Dolphins here against the Jets. I think they will uh, they'll certainly win. And my guess is they will cover the eight and a half point spread, but I don't love it. Um, and just because, look, I, I think the Dolphins probably have this team that's now built to win with with the way their defense is playing. But I don't really think that they're going to go out there and most teams just blow the doors off like I, I can see this being a game where they in the end win by seven as they you know that have like a backdoor cover for the Jets but certainly if I had to go one way I probably would go there and again you've got we'll talk about the next game as well these spreads here where you've got you know over a touchdown spread and the total is sitting at 42 43 it's just weird you know something's got to give a little bit there so we'll see about that I don't really love this game I will watch it because I'm contractually obligated by virtue of Growing up in Queens and working you for can a get out. You're allowed. sports I betting you, podcast. I have given no, absolution to any never. Jets fan who wants to get out. You can well, come for the Patriots with me. That's fine. I you live in New do, Hampshire. I will never do it. Um, but I will say that I'm also obligated because I we are work for a betting site as well. So yeah, a sports betting site. So we'll fair. do that. Panthers are visiting the Bills. Ten and a half points here, Joe, uh, with the Bills laying that. And the total, again, 43 and a half. You've got. Little Cam Newton and a little PJ Walker. Both of them are going to play quarterback. DJ Moore is a little banged up. The Bills look like a disaster right now. I mean, you talk about a team needing a win. A team has maybe never needed a win. Like the Bills need to basically put a stomping here on the Panthers. What do you think? I want to know more about Josh Allen's walking boot. That's what yeah. I want to know. I mean, they call that, it that, a sprained foot, Joe. Just so you know. Yeah, I know, uh, and that's that's not nothing, especially when you no. don't run the football. Now, if the Bills come out and all of a sudden run the football here and change who they are, which I I don't know if they're capable of doing at this stage in the season, I really don't. No, this game makes me totally uncomfortable. This is another one of these games where you know the, the Jet game. That's fine. Like this one, totally uncomfortable because the Bills, you know, last week did not show up in the first half of that game and then came back, made it close. But the Josh yep. Allen injury really 
concerns me. The Panthers' defense is very good. Their secondary is very good. That's the one thing that the Bills do well. So the the lack of clarity on the offensive side for both of these teams really scares the hell out of me. And this is a game where I have no inclination on the 10.5. I have no inclination on the 43.5 on the over-under. If you want to have some fun, plus 420 on the Panthers to win outright and you just troll the Bills, <laughs> that is your upset of the week. Because, you, because let's not pretend like there's not a game script where that happens. Right. Yeah. I mean, that is absolutely in play, especially after losing to Tampa. And all of a sudden you lose to the New England Patriots. You lose to Tampa. You go, OK, well, we're coming home and all this stuff. And it's the Carolina Panthers. We should beat them. But the Carolina Panthers play D and the Carolina Panthers have a lot of other issues that they got to figure out right now, because, you know, that's another weird sinking ship where Matt Rule, I think, is starting to get real, um, real dicey in that situation, in that coaching chair. So they're going to come out and they're going to be ready. Um, so if anything, you want to have some fun on Sunday. You throw uh you throw twenty bucks on the plus four twenty of the Panthers and you hope for the upset and if it doesn't work it doesn't work but other than that man I got no love for this game yeah uh, I do want to have fun on Sunday and I'm going to ensure that by not betting on this game and just staying <laughs> far away from it because it's really something that I I have a dis- like no feel for whatsoever the Bills team has been so incredibly disappointing and you're right I mean Allen ran all over. Uh, the Bucks in this most recent game, but obviously if he's going to be limited there, that's a huge part of what they're able to do because, you know, they really should. They're not the worst running team in the NFL or anything like that. And when they finally tried to run the ball, I mean, Devin Singletary looked pretty good doing it in this most recent game. So maybe they'll get back to that. But I don't know, man, I, I can't back a Cam Newton or PJ Walker led team. And I really don't want to lay, you know, with the Bucks laying more than 10 points with the Bills laying more than 10 points. Pardon me. Let's get to the Titans visiting the Steelers. This is going to be an interesting one, Joe. I will watch this one. The uh, Titans on the road here laying two points, correct? And the total, 41 and a half. Man, there are some low totals this week, Joe. Low totals as we get into December football, really. What do you think here about the Titans, you know, visiting Pittsburgh? Run away! This is the most four-outcome game you could possibly fathom on this week. I mean... If I told you that the Steelers blew out the Titans, you go, well, I'm not surprised. If I told you the inverse, you'd say, well, I'm not surprised. If this was no, a nail biter, I'd, I'd be surprised if the Steelers blew out the Titans. I, I will say that. I, that's why you can't write a script where Najee Harris has a phenomenal game and and Deontay Harris, uh, Deontay Johnson, excuse me, uh, all of a sudden you know has ten catches for one twenty and two touchdowns. Of course, it's very possible. I can't I can't find the uh, script where the Steelers come out and suddenly are a juggernaut offensively. When the Steelers do well offensively, Joe. It's because they're like, oh, crap, we're oh, down crap, we 20. We're, we're down 25 <laughs> points. We've got to just go crazy and let them do thing, which maybe they do, Joe. Maybe they basically are like, you know what? We're running no huddle. We're just going out there like crazy. And we're going to see what we can do right from the get go. Maybe that does work. Maybe if Chase Claypool plays and isn't benched for his shenanigans, maybe that will help them as well. That part, I could see the Titans blowing this game out. It, it's hard for me to see the Steelers winning by like, 12 points or 13 points or something you know like, what personally. when these two teams lock up though historically it's been wacky if you recall these two teams yeah. specifically they, they had that crazy game that went back and forth last year it was last, mm-hmm. i believe it was last season right we went back and forth back and forth like just trading touchdowns at the end if anything you i think your instincts are correct that the over under is suspiciously low yeah 41 and a half is suspiciously really low, low. And i'll tell you what if you think that watt's not going to play this week with the groin injury and then I would absolutely go ahead and hit this early in the over the 41 and a half to me is the one that like, I, I don't know who's going to win this game, but I'd be very surprised if there was enough defense in this game to, yeah. to hold this total under 41 and a half. I really would. 
I mean, I, I understand it. Like when you take a step back, I mean, the Titans continue to they they don't put up a ton of points these days and they continue to want to play their conservative game plan and run the ball a lot and play off the run and bleed the clock. And the Steelers, generally speaking, aren't going to put up a ton of points unless they are running. Steelers to do secondary so. so bad, though, Dan, right now. No, I they're, you're they're bad. You're not wrong. I mean, but it, I mean, is AJ Brown? I think Brown is eligible to come off the IR this week, but he I haven't is, heard anything that he really, might. I, like, I, that's the thing. They're so bad right now. I don't think it matters. Well, that's the point. That's what I'm saying. Where, uh, like, oh, well, the secondary you're saying is so bad. I, I think it matters if you're going to have Julio Jones, who they're not targeting downfield, and Nick Westbrook Aquina as your main guys out there. Um, but either way, I also lean over in this game just because that's a ridiculously low total at this point. And I think both teams are capable, at least, of scoring points. Washington is visiting Philadelphia here. The Eagles are laying five and the total, again, low, 43 and a half. You obviously have question marks here around Washington. Terry McLaurin suffered the concussion or at least, will, you know, a head injury trying to make that superhuman catch that he could on Sunday. Who knows if he's going to play? I don't know if it matters since he doesn't get involved enough for whatever reason. They don't play. They don't play Curtis Samuel at all. Doesn't matter. Taylor Heineke has the knee injury. They're optimistic that he is going to be able to play, but they're obviously banged up here. You've got the Eagles off a of bye. Maybe we'll have all 17 of their running backs healthy at this point. Jalen Hurts should be back. What do you think here? This divisional game, five points, kind of just that dead number sitting out there. You know, the Eagles coming off the bye and the extra rest there for Hurts and the running backs. I think they're able to kind of run this game into oblivion. And I, and I would not be surprised if this game was close and then separated when we get to the third, fourth quarter, like towards the end of the third into the fourth. That feels like... You know, these in-division games, these, these teams get up to play their rivals, right? Especially in December, right? I mean, if you're the Washington football team, right, you're coming off a bad loss to Dallas and you kind of know this is your season. So they're going to fight tooth and nail. And there's a lot of me that wants to lean over to the Washington side in the five because of it. But you see it's four and a half in some other places too, which, yeah. you know, that that that's what keeps drawing me back to the Eagles side, which is, you know, it's, yeah, it's five four and a half for you, right? It's four, it's and, four and a half, and a half for you on at FanDuel. Yeah. But MGM is four and a half. Um, yeah, it's five I, at DraftKings, five at FoxBet, five. I think at, at the end bet. of the day, Dan, it's just uh, how much can this Washington offense put up? I and mean, Antonio Gibson's played great since he's yes. you know since the bye. He has been the savior of this offense in a lot of ways. But I just think at the end of the day, if this game was in Washington, I'd feel differently. But it's not. It's in Philadelphia, and I think Philly's going to come out there. I think they get to seven and seven here. And they realize that this division is still very live for them. And I think that that five with the Eagles is actually okay. Yeah, I think so too. Don't love it, but I lean that way for sure. The 49ers are laying eight and a half points here at home against the Falcons, 45 and a half. Uh, you know, Joe, I had the 49ers against the Bengals this weekend, even with the injuries to their secondary. And it was obviously a sweat and it felt like, you know, the right side for most of it. And then you're like, oh, what's going on? Am I crazy here, Joe, where my initial instinct is actually nine and a half for me at DraftKings. So that's that's a big one. Am I crazy for thinking that the Falcons are going to be able to keep this game close enough to cover the eight and a half point spread? Because that's my initial instinct. It's not wrong because Jimmy Garoppolo continues to make stupid mistakes. He makes mistakes yeah. that like a high school quarterback would make sometimes where you drop yeah. the linebacker into coverage and he throws a pick and you're just like, ha, ha, this is like <laughs> this is like football what it was. This is stuff that like my the nine-year-old, 10-year-old flag football kids that I coach, I teach them these things, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, if you're playing linebacker here, you know, and you know what's going to be passed, you just drop back and watch the quarterback's eyes. And, and Jimmy Garoppolo falls for it every time. It's crazy. It's crazy to yeah. watch. So, no, I think that's the instinct. But the problem is, once again, from a personnel standpoint, yeah. I think they're so much better than the Falcons that ugh, the Falcons are mistake-prone. The Falcons also, I think, this is this is the difference for me. We can come back to the defensive end 
of when you look at these games, we always just think too much, I think, on the offensive side, not enough on the defensive side. Sure. I do think Bosa is going to get at least one to two sacks potentially here. If there's a sack prop for Bosa in this game against the Atlanta offensive line, which is wretched. Yeah. I mean, I would take the over. <laughs> if it was one and yeah. a half, I'm taking the over on it because I do think he's going to get to more than once. And I think that's going to cause the problem here in this game is your that offensive line against the defensive front of the 49ers. Sure. That's where this game's going to be won or lost. So I'm going to be on the side of the 49ers, even though it's a big number. And I think your instincts are absolutely right. But I don't want to overthink it too much because that offensive line is the problem. And you win and lose games on the line. And I think Atlanta's going to lose this game on the line. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't expect the uh, the Falcons to win this game, just to be clear, going into San Francisco. No, but like I understand what your concern yeah, is here. It just one. strikes me as like, look, the 49, again, their secondary is, is I mean, it was a personal reason, obviously, that um, that Dante Johnson missed it. But Mosley's out. Um, and it's not like the the um, the Falcons have the personnel to be able to beat that. Right. I mean, Russell Gage, Russell Gage is playing better. I, I will admit that Kyle Pitts, uh, you know, obviously had a decent game this past one. Cordero Patterson. Oddly using Cordero Patterson as a traditional running back at this point, and Mike Davis is factoring in. I just think that at least offensively, regardless of the, line, uh, of the offensive line, they're able to sort of find some semblance of a rhythm here lately. And I think the 49ers are just a little overrated. I like them as a team, but, you know, with their injuries. So I, I lean right now towards the Falcons. I want to dig into this, but getting over the touchdown. And for me at nine and a half strikes me as something where I'll probably tease them up to 15 and a half and just sort of try to take that as part of my two team teaser Bengals visiting the Broncos here. This is an interesting one, Joe, the Broncos are favorites. Um, they are laying one and a half and the total, which I will get you in one second is 43 and a half. Again, under 44 totals are all day long here. What do you think? Uh, because it's just one, basically the pick them. I don't know Correct. why anyone even take this with the minus money. You go and you play, you take the Bengals at plus 100 on the money line. And I actually feel good about the Bengals. And, and the reason is this, they have playmakers at the end of the day. And, and Denver is going to want to drag you down to the mud typically and play, you know, that kind of grinded out running football kind of thing, but they don't have a Jamar chase kind of difference maker. They don't have a Higgins, right? So Jerry Drew is a wonderful player, but they don't, you know, the, the quarterback situation is limited there. Let's just put it kindly. So I think that's the difference in this game is the one big play. Denver's capability of making the one big play right now rests solely on the shoulders of Jonte Williams breaking a big run, which is very possible, which is something that you might see in this game. But can Jamar Chase have that one or two big plays in this game? I think the answer is yes. And I think when you put to that, then all of a sudden, I like the Bengals side. And I think this is the trap game of the week where people start to look at, well, Denver looked really good last week. Well, yeah, it was right. Detroit. And you say, well, look at what happened last week to the Bengals. Yeah, well, they were playing a good opponent. So even though it's on the road, even though Denver's a tough place to play, all those factors together, I still will go with the Bengals here because I do think the Bengals are a good football team. I think they're still a little inconsistent, but it's the big playmaking ability I think they bring to this game that Denver can't compete with. And when the total is so close like that, I mean, I'm just going to flip the coin for the team that can make a big play. You know, I think I agree with you, Joe, and I've been fading the Bengals for most of the season. Um, I, I'm honest about it, but uh, I was pretty impressed with the effort they put up uh, against the 49ers to come back in that game. And again, I, I was worried about Burrow's pinky finger, but it looked good. And with the wide receivers and with their offense and their defense plays better than expected, I want to see who's going to be healthy for this game. But yeah, I think this is a sell high moment for the Broncos coming off a giant win off the Lions. Who doesn't? But um, I, it strikes me as that's the correct side. So I lean that way as well. Not a, not a strong lean, but I do lean that way. Packers are visiting the Ravens here, Joe. They are currently laying four and a half. 
we obviously have questions here. Uh, the total is 43 and a half. Again, another low total. But obviously got questions on Lamar Jackson. He's expected to go after suffering a an ankle sprain that was not a high ankle sprain. Uh, Aaron Rodgers reportedly suffered a setback with his toe. Wouldn't know it from how well he played in that game. So what do you think here? And do you attack this now while the status of Jackson is up in the air? Well, I'll tell you what. You see on FanDuel's got a four and a half. I like yep. the five and a half here. And I like the Raven side of this game. And no, it's four and a half, Joe. Four and a half is the, is the consensus. Oh, I'm looking right now. Oh, okay. Well, Are you I'm on? Oh. I'm on betting uh, because I see five and a half betting consensus. Well, maybe it's moved. Maybe it's moved since I opened the page since we started. I'm going to look maybe right now. Hold on. Since maybe since I opened the page. I don't Let's know. Let's see. Hold on. No, it's four and a half, bud. It's right. four and well, a half. I don't know. I'll screenshot this and show it to you and you tell me All what right. you think about this. I don't know what's All going right. on here. I'll get some yeah, money it's on the four horn. And a, so it's four and a half at pretty much every book. DraftKings is at five. Sugar House and Bet Rivers and Unibet and Bet America. Oh, so I see. So it's basically, here's what we've got. This interesting, Joe. It is split. I mean, the consensus is at four and a half. That's the majority of books. But it is pretty widely split. There are a lot of books at four and a half. There are a lot of books at five and a half. So it's pretty split among them. So I will allow it, Joe. Five and a half. Go ahead. Five and a half. I'm in. I'm in on the Ravens side. And it's because of the inconsistency of the Packers on special teams. I mean, and it's not just because of Jakeem Grant. Like, Jakeem Grant is a freak of nature and he's fun to watch and he's done this before. But it's something that's happened all year to them. And I don't just mean on kick returns. I'm talking about field goals too. And and that's the thing. You're on the road, right? You got to make those kicks. You got to make those. Mason Crosby struggled this year. There's no doubt about that. There's been a lot of inconsistency with special teams. And I feel like in these close games, I still think the Packers are going to win this football game. But I think even with Huntley, the Ravens actually might rally around. You know, I, I think this game is actually slightly more dangerous for those people who like the Packers side of this game if Huntley plays because I think there's that let's rally around our guy kind of thing. He played pretty well. I mean, what more do you want from the kid? He came in, he, he played pretty well, I thought. So at the end of the day, Baltimore's a tough place to play. Packers coming off a, a big win, kind of, you know, swaggering around, walking like Vince McMahon in the old Attitude Raw days down to the ramp. And I think yep. that uh, personally, I think that the five and a half, the bigger the number I can lock it with the Ravens, the more I like it. Okay. I, I don't have a great feel, but I do like the over. 43 and a half, Joe. I mean, that with how with how decimated the Ravens uh, are defensively, you know, especially in the secondary. Like, I don't care if Aaron Rodgers is walking around on one leg. Like, he's going to be able to put up three touchdowns with this offense at least. Probably, like, you know, I would be surprised if they don't put up, you know, in the high 20s, low 30s here. You don't need much from Baltimore. 43 and a half? I don't know, man. I like the I, really where I lean here is the over. That, that's where I would hit it right now. And it's 43 and a half everywhere. I don't know what your crazy consensus is, but well, it's 43 I just, and a half. I, I said I sent you my crazy consensus. So I, I refuse to look. I, I refuse to look. That's You're funny. a maniac. Um, but I lean towards the over at this point rather than the spread. The Bucks are hosting the Saints 10 and a half here, Joe. 10 and a half <laughs> points, 46 and a half. I mean, remember the first time these teams met, you had Trevor Simeon filling in there and leading the Saints to a victory. It's a divisional game. It's a second divisional game here. Bucks are rolling. Saints have Taysom Hill sort of doing weird things back there uh, at quarterback. What do you think? I think the, the the Saints constantly scare the hell out of me against the Bucks because every, right? I mean, going back to last year, the Saints, I don't know what it is, but they've got the number right? for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know how, but that secondary is not very good. You can throw the ball in them all day. I am uncomfortable with this game and I feel like I shouldn't be, but I feel like all the data points to yes, 
The Tampa Bay Buccaneers should absolutely smash this because they are a far better football team at this point. You mentioned Taysom Hill and whatever else they're going to throw at you at quarterback. Yes, it's even on the road there for the Saints. But at the same time, every time the Saints and Bucks lock horns, it feels like the Saints play above their weight. I don't know yeah. what it is, yeah. but it makes me completely uncomfortable with this game. So if anything, I'll take the over-under on this game. I don't even care what it is. It's 46 and a half. 46 that's and not half. a very big number. 46 and a half, over, I think right? the over-under. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with that's you. That's not huge at all. And the problem, I can't look. I think there's value on the Saints, but there's no, because if the Bucks jump out to a two-touchdown lead, how what are the Saints doing to come back here in this game, right? Because Taysom Hill can't pass you know and i have no pass catchers they're a running team so the the spread is uncomfortable even though i f- see value on the saints because there's a very plausible path where this game gets out of reach quickly but i do like the over as well with you joe so we're going to be there as well man a lot of small totals here by the way that's the sunday night game i realized when i refreshed to see the new consensus it rearranged the games which means i skipped one game before we got to the sunday night game and that was the seahawks visiting the rams and the Rams here are laying seven points. And the total finally is normal at 47 here. So Rams coming off the big win for you at six and a half. For me, it's six and a half. But for the consensus, it's seven. So what do you think about that one? This is an interesting one here because you have the Rams coming off a big division win. Now, can they roll with it, right? And if you're Seattle, you have nothing to lose here. And I feel like all the pressures on the Rams, even though they won, Yep. This is a fascinating game. I think I like the six and a half on the Seahawks side. I still think the Rams won this football game, but six and a half is a good enough number there with Russell Wilson, the Seahawks, where they just look at it and they go, yeah, well, you know what? We're going to we're going to trade blows with you. We're going to go for it because they literally have nothing left to lose. Right. They're yep. not a playoff team this year. They're not going to be competitive. So they're coming off a game where, you know, the last couple of weeks, Russell Wilson started to look like Russell Wilson again. Yes. And I think that there's a lot of people that will just hammer the Rams after the big win last night. Well, let's not forget that big win last night was still by the hair of their chinny chin chin, was it not? I mean, you know, you had you got real nervous at the end there. You got the sure. onside kick and we're looking around going, oh, my God, can they do this? And then the offensive line for the Cardinals kind of let everybody down. But I'm looking at this one right now and that six and a half from Seattle. I think Seattle can keep this one interesting, interesting enough for the six and a half. So I would lock that in. I'll, I'm waiting because it's seven pretty much everywhere else. So I hope he gets the seven where we are, Joe. Um, mm-hmm. But I agree with you. I'll take the Seahawks. I mean, this is just classic letdown 100%. game for the Rams, right? They 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 dealt with so much coming in there, all the injuries, the COVID news that dropped right before they started started playing, and then suddenly they win that game, they look great. This is a letdown spot. And they lay team. turds at home all the time, the Rams. And the Seahawks, the Seahawks, you're right, Joe. First of all, defensively, they're, they're, I mean, even without Adams, they're still playing a little bit better here. Russell Wilson looks a lot better. Maybe they finally have a run game now with Rashad Penny. Like, I love the Seahawks here. Getting, I'll wait for the touchdown because I don't see it dropping to like five and a half or anything like that. So I'm going to wait on this. Hopefully our books catch up to basically every other book. Our sponsor, BetMGM, they're at seven. You know, Fox Bet, Points Bet, they're all at seven. So I'm going to wait for it to get to seven. But I agree with you. I like the Seahawks. Monday night football. The Vikings are visiting the Bears. The Vikings are laying three and a half points. The total is 44. The Vikings... <laughs> Looked like they had an easy win. As usual, they uh, let <laughs> let the Steelers come back in there and almost catch up. The Bears, uh, you know, doing a, a Sunday night uh, podcast during that game with a Packers fan and watching the Bears jump out to the lead and looking good, and ultimately they blow it. But, you know, fields look decent in that game. So three and a half points here, Joe, with the Vikings on the road. This one makes me uncomfortable. I don't know why. I feel like this is going sure. to be an outdoor December 
Chicago slog. And even though the 44 is a low number, there's something that feels like it's going to be an under. Like this, this feels like a 2017 kind of game where you're just kind of like, yeah, there it is. And it's just, you know, that NFC old school winter football kind of feeling yeah, to it. Sure. And I think that's the trap of this game is it totals low. You're coming off a, a, and I think the Vikings will win. Don't let me, let me make no mistake about that. Let me be clear. But at the same time, you see them put up all these points, right? You see Jefferson, you see Dalvin Cook having these big games. That doesn't always transfer necessarily. Yep. And the Bears defense in Chicago, at home, in the elements, you're taking Minnesota out of the dome. I don't know, man. I'm looking at this one and I think this is the under is actually the most comfortable number. And it's a low number for me, but this game just feels like uninspiring to me where we're sitting around going, well, this is a crappy Monday night football game. I feel like that's where we're going to be at. Kirk Cousins in primetime, Joey. I, on Monday the road, Kirk Cousins, in the cold. Oh, Monday Night man. Kirk Cousins, by the way, is one of the worst stats you'll ever see. Monday Night Kirk Cousins. It's bad news, man. Go look. I look forward to, to checking yeah. it out after this one. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's probably this is probably a game where I will bet because it'll be Monday and everybody bets on Monday <laughs> Night Football. But for now, I'm going to stay away from it. But this I guarantee is, you all the money's on the over in this game. Uh, this is a really interesting, uh, interesting week, Joe. A lot of low totals, a lot of big spreads. Like, this is going to be a fun week to kind of dissect. We'll do that all when we break down uh, our best bets coming to Thursday. Joe, as always, I enjoy talking to you. We've done 7,500 podcasts together. Everyone is better than the last one. So I appreciate you popping on here. In the meantime, everybody, uh, enjoy the rest of your week. We'll be back on Thursday, as we always are, talking about our best bets for the weekend. Week 15 of the NFL. Let's enjoy it while it lasts. I'll talk to you then. 